Welcome to The Weekly. My name is Trevor. I am one of the pastors at the Church of Greer Station and your host. The Weekly is a 20-minute podcast where we discuss current events, books, and issues relevant to the life of our church. Now it's April, which means at the end of this month that Christians all over the world and across all denominations will be celebrating the resurrection of Jesus. Now I'm sure that we all could say something about the resurrection, about what it means for us, but do we really have a full grasp of all of its implications and all of the things that it means for us? This week, I have Jim Thompson, one of the teaching pastors at Fellowship Greenville, on to discuss this very issue. Give this episode a listen. I hope that it encourages you this Easter season, and I hope that it helps you to think more deeply and reflect more deeply on the implications of what it means that Christ has conquered death. All right, Jim. What's up, man? How are you? I'm great, Trev. What is today? Today's today's a Monday. What today, is your, what is your Monday consist of? Oh man, usually it is just uh, an eternal deep end of texts and emails. I mean, endless <clears throat> about everything from babysitting to are we going to watch the national championship game tonight <clears throat> to like Yahoo. Get literally, I have a text right now that says, "Dude, last week was nothing but knives in the back." <laughs> <laughs> So just everything, <clears throat> theology, questions, blah, blah, blah. So, yeah. Awesome. So uh, we are in, uh, f- we just had a question that <clears throat> we, we wanted, I guess, to pose to listeners. What, what do Amish people do when they can't grow a beard? Like Amish dudes in particular. Yeah. What, what hope do they have? Do they have no place in that society? Or are they just, they're outcasts? The ban. Yeah, I guess they're given the ban. Isn't that... Can they become Mennonite? (laughs) (laughs) Mennonites are the the more inclusive, like, facial (laughs) hair. They're so liberal. Yeah. (laughs) That's great. Um, So we're coming up on the Easter season. It is um, just around the corner, what, two or three Sundays away from us right now as we record. Do you have any Easter traditions that your family observes each year? Um, This is going to sound super dumb. I wear a black pocket t-shirt every day of my life. I have, like, 12 of them. And on Easter Sunday every year, people used to talk about getting dressed up for Easter church. I wear a tie-dye shirt every year. The same one. And it's the, and I literally put it back in the closet. And I might wash it. I don't know. But I'll, I'll wear it again Easter Sunday. And, like, that's the lamest tradition ever. I don't know. It's nice family time, nice family day. I'll go see my parents. But nothing, sadly, nothing huge. In Jim's office, <clears throat> excuse me, he's got a picture of his dad with a very delightful mustache. Is your dad still mustached to this day? No, I grew my hair out really ugly in college, and I said, "Dad, I'll,", I'll and he hated it. I said, "Dad, I'll cut my hair if you shave your mustache." And uh, mom liked it so much, so I, I saved mom. That's the deal. That's what it is. Yeah, <laughs> I, I spared her. That's wonderful. All right, <laughs> well, here's here's a totally unrelated question. Um, to surprise you with. All right, what is something that a ton of people that are obsessed with that you just do not get the point of? Oh, no. Oh, no. I mean, I could get in so much trouble. Um, so much modern music uh, where I'm just like, eh, I don't, I don't know. Like, can I say 21 Pilots and not get shot by millennials? You can say 21 okay. Pilots. Yeah. Politics? How about just broad stroke? <laughs> yeah. Um, no, there's a lot. That's scary. I'm scared to answer that. What's Say it again. Something that a ton of people are obsessed with, but you just don't get the point of. Uh, fashion? Fa- says the man, yeah, with yeah. I don't, the I black don't get t-shirts. It. 
and I, I, I try I try so hard not to make it like I'm spiritual and you're not, but I'm just like, oh man, don't don't you realize everybody's gonna get fat and saggy? Like that's my that's my thought. It's like, yeah. but people can say the same thing to me about all my stupid ways, so I know that. It's the same difference. Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. I would say something that a ton of people that are obsessed with that I don't get the point of. Um, pets <laughs> would be it for yeah, me. Yeah, you're getting, you're getting shot at for sure. Definitely. Yeah. Like, I, I appreciate what dogs are for people. I just don't get it. <clears throat> Dude, so, there's that. One of our worship leaders made a passing comment the other day about uh, how his dog annoyed him. And he got a, like, four-page email about this lady who can't have kids and her dog is like a a child to her and um it oh, it put him in a tailspin it was pretty intense yeah you don't yeah you don't badmouth <clears throat> fido man and i think she started she has started like an online global ministry for women for whom this is the case oh wow and so <laughs> he was like what do i do <laughs> he felt so bad man <clears throat> well I take it back then. I guess <laughs> pets have a place. I recant. Yeah. I'm going to go see all the dog cartoon movies now. <laughs> pets too. Yeah. I have to see this anyway because of my children. Yeah. So, all right. Um, so I thought it'd be fitting for us to take some time, given that it is the month of Easter and it is the time when Christians traditionally celebrate the wonderful reality that is Jesus' resurrection from the dead. I thought, I thought it'd be fitting for Jim and I to just discuss the resurrection. Um, so question number one. In 1 Corinthians 15, Paul says that if Christ is not resurrected, that we are to be pitied among all men. All right, so why does Paul say we should be pitied if Christ has not been resurrected? Yeah, that's Paul's, uh, that's like his quintessential go-to place for talking about uh, the resurrection and like its significance and what it First means. 1 Corinthians 15. 1 Corinthians 15, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a big, long, <clears throat> running commentary about <clears throat> about resurrection and I think he's, uh, to put it very, very simply, I think he's getting at um, kind of what Karl Marx is getting at when he says that Christianity is the opiate of the masses. Like, in Marx's mind, uh, Christianity, the belief system of Christianity, is a pill that you take that you swallow to make you feel better right now. Because in Marx's mind, he's like, <clears throat> clearly it has no bearing on the future, on life after death or anything, because what we see is all that is. And so Paul is basically, I think, adopting a very similar point of view that if Christianity, if belief in Jesus and forgiveness of sins is merely for this lifetime, it's a pretty weak thing if it just helps you do something for a few years here on earth and if there's no um, extensive hope for it. Um, so I like to see that as a... <coughs> as a um, a parallel between what Paul's saying in 1 Corinthians 15 and that and that Karl Marx adage. Uh, yeah, Paul's just saying that anything, basically anything will do if it's just about living functionally in this life. Like anything that'll keep you nice, keep you moral, whatever, m- might do. Or who cares? Like you can go live how you want, do what you want, sleep with, drink whatever, blah, 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 etc. Do what you want. But uh, in his mind, somehow the resurrection reframes that entire dialogue and you're pitied if Christ is not raised and if we're not going to be physically raised one day in in the same way that Jesus was <clears throat> so I think that's an important point there like <clears throat> Jesus's resurrection is more than just um, 
that's why it's at least important to affirm that Jesus's resurrection was a physical, legitimate, actual mm. resurrection, and yeah. not you know not a not kind of like a spiritual resurrection. Because like what what Jesus is doing there is assuring us of a an actual physical life after death. Yeah, I think I think about a hundred years ago there were some more theologically uh, more more some some theologically liberally minded people. And they were like, oh, yeah, the resurrection is this thing in your heart by faith that Christ rises in your heart by faith and that the bodily resurrection. Because these people were trying to have their, like, science cake and eat it too and their... Uh, and gob- physical resurrection just doesn't jive with what we know of science. <laughs> no, 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 no. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's blasphemy to the material world kind of yeah. thing. Um, and so Paul is... I think the resurrection, in Paul's mind, reaffirms the goodness of the material world at the hands of a creator God... And if you're like a deistic, God's way out there and he created stuff, but he doesn't care that much. Or if you're like a theological liberal where you're like, we have to have all full-blown naturalism and science and God. And you're trying to have both of those. Something's going to give. And so, yeah, I think Paul is is getting back to the significance of physical time, space, matter, like your flesh and bones, dirt, you know, the physical world uh, matters and the resurrection proves that uh, because God called it good. To begin with, and and the resurrection further proves that. Yeah, I used to think you said something. I used to think that the resurrection was like this big exclamation point at the end of the sentence that was the cross, hmm. and that the cross was the deal, and that the resurrection was like, see, the resurrection just proves that the cross is valuable. And I'm obviously I'm not talking about devaluing the cross, but I'm talking about how the cross and resurrection are seen as this. A collective exclamation point to God's goodness and God's love for creation, and even when you get to Acts, um, you know us conservative evangelicals were like the cross, the cross, cross, and I, I don't think it's that you can minimize the cross, um, but you can minimize the resurrection. Mm. And so in Acts, they talk about the resurrection more than they talk about the cross. Mm. But I think it's in the same way that faith and repentance work together, cross and resurrection work together. And so anytime you see resurrection, cross is implied. Anytime you see cross, resurrection is implied. Mm. And so, you know, how dare we divorce a couple that the Bible has happily married kind mm. of thing. Um, <clears throat> so I, th- I think that's important for conservative Christians in America. Because we, if, we, if we emphasize the cross, we can talk about sin and make people feel bad, especially as pastors, like we can do that. But the resurrection has to in, uh, shape the way we talk about that stuff as well. Yeah, that's good. So, what does the resurrection do then? If it's not just, if it's not just the exclamation point at the end of the, what does it do? What does it do? Yes. Yeah, so what is Jesus accomplishing in his resurrection? I, I probably stole this line from something somewhere, but it's like, if the cross is the first seed planted in God's new world, then the resurrection is the first flower to bloom. Mm. So, <clears throat> resurrection is to say that God wanted physical, tangible life with actual human bodies and actual plants and animals and rocks and trees and skies and water and clouds and stuff. God wanted all of that to display his glory and beauty perfectly. And sin and death and hell don't come in and go, aha, you can't have that stuff anymore and heaven's going to be Bugs Bunny and Harks Clouds and, cloud, and, yeah. and out of tune <clears throat> Baptist pianos. Yeah, that's... <laughs> which are not physical, you just hear them somehow. Uh Sin and death and hell don't have that power. God has the power to redeem the physical world that was broken. And that physical world includes our physical bodies, our minds, our wills, our emotions, and our bodies collectively together. So I think the resurrection is that 
God is making a new heavens and a new earth, a new creation come to, he's bringing a new creation to bear on the old broken creation that's full of sin, death, and hell. Um, and that includes our hearts, and that includes the way that we interpret Grand Canyon sunrises, and that includes relationships, etc. And so the resurrection is not just God is good and the cross does forgive. It is God is currently, not one day, but God is currently and will one day <clears throat> bring heaven to bear on earth, bring new creation to bear on the old broken creation. And that includes our eternal souls and our physical bodies, uh, et cetera, et cetera. And so I think that's part of what is included in Paul's mind with um, you're going to be pitied. Uh, it, mm. it, you're, we're most to be pitied if resurrection isn't real. Um, it's a restoration of redemption. Even Paul says in Romans 8, creation waits for the redemption of our bodies. Mm. Creation wants its rightful proprietor back, i.e. human beings. Yeah. And so creation's like, guys, we're ready for you not to... like be terrible at your job anymore like mm. um so we're made to we're made to physically partner with god <clears throat> in in this good world uh nt wright has a line where he says sin death and hell elusive though they may be whatever they are they are realities that make us less truly human mm. and so resurrection is the thing that will make us more fully human and mm. to commune with god and each other mm. You know, that ties back into, I mean, I was telling you that we're going to be doing, we're going to be teaching the seven deadly sins mm. uh, later this year. And, and the idea that vices are hollowing us mm. out and that our vices are like That's soul good. destroyers, That's which good. sounds kind of melodramatic, but but I think it's kind of a <laughs> like an accurate portrayal of what they're doing. They're like, they're deadening us. They're, they, yeah. To live in, in sin is, is to live less than human lives. That That's the first temptation is come be more than what you are. Come be more. And then when you get to the thing, it makes you less. Ironically, yeah. Yeah. And so, what did you say? Soul? Soul destroyer. Soul or something destroyer. Like that. Yeah. That's a new metal band Trevor and I are starting. <laughs> Soul destroyer. Uh, we could, our first album could be The Seven Deadly Sins. And we could, it could just be seven songs. Perfect. And yeah, yeah. We're all, all over this. And all of them are the Latin names. <laughs> like NVIDIA. To be super Catholic NVIDIA for Envy. <laughs> yeah. NVIDIA. Doesn't that sound... Yeah. That's bomb. a metal song. No, but it, that is... To, t- to tie it back to resurrection, resurrection is this reality in the past, Jesus' historical resurrection, that promises us a day when we will be more fully and more totally human. And sin, death, and hell are these things that we smell, taste, experience, and bump up against us right now that make us less truly human, while the promise of being found in the second Adam, Jesus, the, the truly human one, <clears throat> awaits us in the future, and we're called to like start to reflect that now. And resurrection is kind of the category for Paul, I think, of, of how we should think about those things. Hmm. Yeah, so uh, in Christ's resurrection, we are assured of a, like what God does to Jesus in the resurrection, mm. he's going to do for all of creation. Yes. Including that's us, the, and, and kind of chiefly <laughs> among that us, those who have been united that's in Christ. That's the ticket. That's yeah. another N.T. right line. What God did for Jesus in the resurrection, he will do to all of creation one day. And if you don't have the book, if you want to think more about this, N.T. Wright wrote it. Um, <clears throat> he wrote a killer book called "The Resurrection and the Son of God," and it is like it's a monstrosity. It's massive. It'll hurt you. It's a weapon, but <laughs> it's like a thousand pages. But then he wrote an abridged called "Surprised by Hope: Rethinking Heaven, the Resurrection, and the Mission of the Church" by N.T. Wright, and it is just 
I mean, it's in my top 10 of like shaping me and it's only about 250. It's way less scary than that other big thing. Well, well I think what's made, what, what has been so helpful about N.T. Wright and others like him, and even the Bible Project, they, they talk yeah. extensively yes. about these concepts, is that the Christian hope is not heaven. And that sounds super provocative on, yeah. on the, but I think once you kind of hear that teased out a good bit more, um, like we weren't built for the disembodied. Mm. Um, mm. So clearly Paul says like when we, when we pass away, like we got to be with Jesus, right? So we're, we're in the company of Jesus, but that's not our ultimate hope. Our ultimate hope is when Jesus returns and makes all things new. And when we are united with our physical bodies and resurrected to a, happily ever after in a renewed creation yes so the christian hope um easter is the is kind of the assurance and the promise of the christian hope which is the resurrection which is a, a hope that's even greater than as wonderful it will be you know dying and going to be with jesus yeah and not to downplay easter but like every sunday should be a resurrection sunday yeah that's good like because sunday is when our lord rose and so christians are a, a we are a easter people for yeah. sure um, and so Easter is the resurrection Sunday and every Sunday should be a resurrection Sunday because we're shaped by both the cross and resurrection. And I think in conservative circles, we have tended to accent the cross a lot and not to downplay it, but resurrection needs to play along right there just as much, um, and well, maybe even get the accent. Well, let's tease that out a little bit. What, what cash value then does the resurrection have for us on a, on a Monday morning, Tuesday morning? Whatever it might be. I think <laughs> Monday morning, Tuesday morning. Uh, I think resurrection means that uh, I'll say it negatively first. <clears throat> I think the old way to think about our Christian hope is that, well, I'm going to bite my lip for a few years and white knuckle life and just kind of cuss and pray under my breath till Jesus comes back or I die. Mm. And I think that posture has no sense of mission and no sense of resurrection. <clears throat> and resurrection means. Uh, not one day you'll go to heaven, but heaven has come to earth. And so resurrection means we have mission and we have a task, we have a job, and that is to spread resurrection hope to everybody, to um, those who don't know Jesus. That's to spread resurrection hope by doing justice um, because the new creation, the new heavens and the earth will be flooded with justice and peace. And so it's it's practicing those things now, practicing hope in the face of hopelessness to like, to stake our claim that our hope is unwavering in the face of things that clamor to be truer than God and truer than hope. Um, so resurrection gives us a sense of mission to see justice and peace fill our days and our lives and our families and our workplaces um, and not just go, well, I just got to endure. That's The other one is survival of the fittest, which is not Christian. That's, that's naturalistic. That's Darwinian. I just got to survive. And Christianity is we persevere in partnership with Jesus because he has already invaded our broken world. Mm. And so resurrection flips the lens with which we look at our days and our times and our missions and our church life and, and things like that. And if you just have a uh, <clears throat> if you just have a cross for a gospel, then you say uh, um, narrow-minded, nearsighted things like Christians aren't perfect, just forgiven. And I go, no, man, you're more than that. Like you have the fullness of the Holy Spirit. You have an unshakable hope. You have a task, a responsibility, a partnership with Jesus to bring justice and peace to the world um, through his sin-forgiving, hope-giving, 
resurrection. And, and so, yeah, I think the resurrection in Paul's mind, and you see these things in Romans 8 and 1 Corinthians 15, at the end of Philippians 3, you see these things a lot of places. Um, but again, I think for so many Christians, it's just, well, uh, Jesus ain't dead no more, so that proves that we can actually have forgiveness at the cross. And I go, yes, but. Yeah, that's, that's so short-sighted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, even even kind of mentioning a moment ago, um, like when we, uh, when, when we become virtuous people, and as we become virtuous mm. people, we're becoming resurrection people. Yes. Like there is, there is that aspect aspect of it that as the spirit works in us, you know, the same spirit that rose Jesus from the grave is like yes, making us alive, making our hearts yeah. alive, and turning us outward and making us people of humility and kindness and patience and mm. gentleness and, and all those other things. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> in John twenty one, when Jesus rises. He is, uh, he's a gardener, you know, he's the new Adam making God's new world. And it's not that he like <clears throat> winking the gun, like hey, one day, am I right? Mm. Like he's doing it now mm. in people's broken lives. Um, he's the new Adam, you know, he's the, the head of the new humanity that God is making. And I, if we think about resurrection as, uh, the thing that does that, then that will that'll shape us and help us, and mm. not just well. That must mean other things are true. Um, yeah, that's good, dude. We are already out of time. Already, already. We dude, it's coffee's fault. We could just go. Co- this is all coffee's fault. I've had so much coffee, today. so much today. So there, there's so much more that could be said about the resurrection. Um, uh, so I would encourage you, listener, as you hear these things, like reflect on what this means. Study those scriptures. Mm-hmm. Look at 1 Corinthians 15. Look at Romans 8. Um, read books on the resurrection. Uh, let us be people of the resurrection. I hope this episode was encouraging. Jim, thanks for yeah. dropping on. And I would also say reread those uh, resurrection narratives in the Gospels, too. They, they, If you start to think about them like this, they start to pop a little bit. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. All right, until next week. <laughs>